0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast. We're your hosts, Greg and Rachel Denning. Today, we are going to talk about a super important and sometimes extremely sensitive topic. So we're going to do our best to not be... Offensive. Offensive, but especially to not be misunderstood. So as you listen to this, will you please listen to it with an open mind... um, and not because I, I find you know in my experience and working with a lot of people that some of us have certain topics that we maybe get um, triggered by or we get emotional by, and it's really interesting. It'll it'll make us focus in on certain elements and uh, almost make us deaf or blind to other statements. So let's say I'm I get triggered around money, then I actually get selective hearing about what someone's saying. So they bring up money or they bring up sex or, or well, bring up religion, and, and I. All of a sudden, I get I get tunnel vision, um, I only hear or see certain things they're saying, and I'm a deaf. Then they say something else, saying, no, I don't mean this, and I don't even hear that. I'm, I just disregard <laughs> it because, oh, what they're really saying is...
1: Well, because we tend to take everything we see or hear and put it through mm-hmm. the filter we have about that topic because of our certain triggers or whatever. And this is a psychological phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we want to talk about this. We want to talk about it openly and honestly because obviously that's the way we like to talk about things and we don't want to, we definitely don't want you to think that we are trying to justify any position or statement um, or viewpoint we have because we're not. This is honestly our own journey and view of this topic based off of, I would say, a least a decade or more of discussing, oh. thinking about it, analyzing it.
0: For me it was since I was sixteen. Right. I went in hardcore into this. And and I think that's a great point. Obviously every person has subjective views, but we're we are, we're sincerely trying to be objective about right. it. And and ultimately we're just sharing what has worked for us. That, that's every time we talk about anything we're just saying hey this this is what's worked for us Uh, take it or leave it you know explore it learn about it but this is what has worked for us please uh you know consider what we what we're talking about here and what we're doing and and with this particular topic we've tried a lot to just really see it from every angle and remove and here's the key. This, this is what's important here. We've tried to remove any sensitivity around it, to just purely look at it objectively. And we'll dive more into this because this is what's so important here.
1: Well, because that's honestly the approach we try to take to everything. Yes. In everything that we do, think, believe, we have tried to take the point, we've tried to take the perspective of, okay, Let's remove the sensitivity to my topic, to this topic. Yes, it's painful when you bring this up. Yes, it's painful when you mention this. But if I can remove that, or at least not remove it, but maybe ignore it for a little bit, or in spite of the pain and sensitivity, still have the conversation, then that's actually where we find true growth that's actually where we find the results that we want that's where we find the life that we're searching for whether that's mental physical emotional spiritual social all of it lies on the other side of that discomfort and it's you know it's like these cliche freezes we've heard everything you want lies on the other side of your comfort zone i think this is just as true
0: one for that 100 like on that specifically i don't know that we could emphasize that enough right And, and hopefully articulate it well enough to understand like All the results you want are on the other side of the discomfort of facing something in a very factual manner. Honest. And it's got to be frank. It's got to be honest. And and you have to remove any. And it's tough. It's extremely hard to remove any sensitivities. But until we can do this with every sensitive subject in life, man, man. How do, we, how do we say this enough? Until you can rem- do this with everything that triggers you from politics to religion to sex to money to fat to whatever. Like whatever is like you just feel yourself bristle and say, don't you dare bring that up. Don't you d-. When you find well, yourself saying that, you have to stop and say, wait a minute. All the results I truly want are on the other side of this discomfort. Exactly. and Exactly
1: and we've even seen it with parenting like we see parents who are sincerely struggling with their children but if you bring up the fact that they may be causing the problems with their kids what wow what? you're you're oh, saying i'm the problem you. how dare you know and this especially happens between husbands and wives but if you can't have that conversation that hun and we've had these conversations and we have these conversations with each other where i will say to greg or he will say to me what you're doing Or what you're saying in this case is causing this problem. You are creating this. And that hurts because I don't want to be the one who's causing my own problems, Mm -hmm. right? I don't want to be the one who's causing the issues with my kids. But until we can actually have that conversation, which too many people don't. They never bring that up. They never talk about it because they're like, oh, my wife, she won't take that very well. Well, we've removed that in our marriage and we... Are working to remove that with each of our children as they grow and mature. Because when you have those real honest conversations, that's when you have real honest change.
0: Yep. And this that's that element right there is a principle of just absolute ownership. Like absolute ownership. Where you own the fact that you have a responsibility for the results in your life. Obviously... Obviously, ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that are outside of our control. But in my experience and on my observation, that list is actually extremely small. In almost every instance, there are things we can control. And we have so much more influence than most of us realize, and especially more than we want to acknowledge and accept. Right. And so if I will humbly allow Rachel to say, Greg you're doing this or not doing this and it's having a negative effect on me or on the kids sometimes I have thing. to
1: passionately say it
0: but. yeah and and I'm like well, because I think
1: we naturally want to we, defend our position yeah, we want to justify, which is normal. we want to
0: rationalize we want to say no, 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 no no, hold on, wait a minute, no, don't throw me under the bus mm-hmm. and and then it becomes this source of, of contention. sometimes yeah, you're like no, I'm putting my foot down here, I'm gonna be firm and I'm gonna insist that this be addressed. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard and so uncomfortable. So obviously the the ideal, the best way is that you do that with yourself in a healthy way. Like you just you acknowledge and take ownership on your own like, look, I the way I'm approaching, I mean we can we can take any topic here, but the way I approach Rachel in whatever, the way I talk to her, the way I listen to her, we did a whole episode on listening, the way I listen or the way I think I'm listening, Mm -hmm. right? The way I approach her for sex. All of that is, okay, and even with that one, with sex, it's not just in a man's mind, you're like, well, no, I walk over and I say, hey, baby, let's make (laughs) love. And she's like, yeah, but you didn't help with the dishes. What? The stinking, you know, and I'm uh, like the way I do everything, it has an influence. So I have to take ownership of that. And in in an ideal situation, I'm doing it on my own. Mm -hmm. The second level there is the people around you give you feedback. Mm -hmm. And you cannot react negatively to that or or they won't give you feedback anymore. And then, then you have an even worse problem. Because then it's not being approached. It's not being addressed. Well, Ooh, it's yes. tough.
1: And then I think with this specific topic today.
0: Which we haven't even mentioned. I mean,
1: but they'll read the title and they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll have some idea of what it is. Um, I think it's even more challenging because, and we're going to get into this, in America specifically and I think in the Western world in general, this topic has become an, such that there's almost this idea of well, it doesn't need to be addressed. It doesn't need to be changed. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing to be analyzed or assessed because everything as it is is acceptable uh, acceptable and good. Right. Which, in our honest analysis of this idea for the past 10, 20 years, we're saying, uh, it's not 100% true. And we're going to talk about that. Because I think first we'll give the... We'll give the backstory here a little bit and explain, ultimately, that we received an email and we agree with a lot of the things in this email. It's not that we disagree with this, but we also think that the established approach that's common in, well, from this mom, and but we've seen it in many places, it's common in society, is not exactly the full answer to this problem. Right? Right. You're kind of looking and- at me like...
0: Well, I'm just thinking through the enormity of this subject. We've seen in the last few years now a real push with certain uh, marketing agencies or whatever to actually promote. And normalize. And normalize obesity and, and blatantly call, come out and call it healthy. They're, they're, they're showing... Uh, people who are overweight and obese and, and literally saying, I've seen magazines, I've seen posts saying, this is healthy. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to, they're trying to connect two different things, and, and we'll talk about this today. One is like this idea of body acceptance and body love and anti-body shaming, right? We don't want to shame. So they're trying to blend these two things and they're taking just the straight, factual, biological, physiological science of, you know, black and white, this is healthy. And they're trying to mix that and say, no, wherever you're at is okay and, and even healthy, which is just a blatant scientific lie. Right. Because when you are overweight or obese – there's nothing healthy about that. Again, this is just pure well, in fact, black and white.
1: It, it sorry, it is actually the precursor to disease. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Massive
0: amounts of disease.
1: Having excess weight is essentially the laying the foundation for disease. If you don't have disease already, you're on the path to disease. I mean that that's just basic science right there but society is trying to make because obesity is such a huge problem and there are so many people who are overweight and they feel bad about it which we're going to talk about later the physiological and psychological reasons for that we're trying to say no it's okay which i i understand on that one side that yeah you need to love yourself you need to accept yourself now we have managed and figured out how to do that without accepting where you are. Like, we have complete love for ourselves in a healthy way, but we're still not satisfied. And a lot of people, they're not able to do that. They're not able to hold those two things at the same time in their mind. I
0: I think because they're trying to mix them. They're trying to connect them where, um, if I could maybe articulate what I did early on, I learned to separate those things. So, love for myself and my actual honest results are different things right I, I don't I don't connect those things so I
1: can love myself but not love the results I have
0: exactly if I am out of shape let, let's say this has happened to me so many times mm-hmm. <laughs> where I like I go for a hike or I go for a run or something happens and I need to carry something or. push-ups or whatever any kind of physical exertion was required and then i was like wow i am way out of shape like i didn't i didn't i wasn't able to do that i i've let myself go or whatever or if there's ever been a time where again you notice you've gotten you've gained weight or shape. like i disconnect that from Loving myself, mm-hmm. being comfortable with myself, being comfortable with my own skin, like, it has nothing to do with body shaming or a lack of self-worth in any way, shape, right. or form. Right. It doesn't like, change
1: your worth none. at all.
0: It, they're disconnected. And I think for some funky reason, we keep trying to mingle two different things. So the The actual like straight science of it is you can go and you can have your b m i your body mass index measured and you can go in and they can do it with calipers they can do it in water now like there's all kinds of cool ways to do this and it can be it can be pretty accurate to like absolute precision and so if you go in and you have your b m i tested let's 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 pretend you go into these tanks that it's like it is spot on precision and it tells you exactly the percentage of body fat you have. And there's a healthy range. I'm not saying it's an exact number because people are going to be like, well, people's bodies are different. Well, of course they are. There's but there's not there's not an exact number, but there is a healthy range and black and white. If you are above that range, that is unhealthy. That is period.
1: the pathway to
0: yeah, future disease. Right. Essentially because that's what that means. Your biochemistry is off and and you are yes, your, your body's your
1: body's pharmacy is right. working harder than it has to because of the additional yep. Exactly. Weight so it's it's or affecting fat. your
0: heart, it's affecting but, your lungs, it's affecting your cells. It there's a you're on the path to a And lot so of I trouble. think
1: what's important about this though because okay, part of the email that we received was talking about, you know, I, I don't want my daughters to have this expectation that they have to look like These girls on Instagram or whatever. Which I agree with that. That's not desirable or necessary per se. But what is desirable is for each person to be in their own healthy BMI range. Which is obviously going to be. Like I'm not going to have the same BMI range as you. Because you're taller than me and larger. And you have bigger bones and all these other things. Like your your body is different than my body. So we're going to have a different healthy range here. Well,
0: and, And there's a different range for women and men.
1: Exactly. Right, and so actually,
0: there can there can sometimes be a different range um, for races. Yeah, different uh, in different races, like Polynesians, exactly, and whatever.
1: So right, that's that's interesting. So the to point use is, you're well. trying to be your healthiest self, not someone else's healthiest self. You're not trying to look like someone else. You're trying to look like how you would look when you are when you're healthy. Right, when you are in a healthy BMI range.
0: And and it's important because this gets brought up a lot. as like well. You know, I was born with different genetics, or uh, people say, you know, I'm bigger boned or I'm, I'm thicker or. Thicker build. Uh, yeah, I have a different build.
1: Right, which and is true. That absolutely happens. Absolutely
0: true. Let, in fact, let me share my story. I Here's, am a
1: very thin person. Yeah, Rachel is. With thin tiny. bones.
0: She's a teeny little bones and hands. She's very petite build, right? Um, I have a very thick build. Uh, I'm, I'm just under six feet. And I weigh 200 pounds. So when I, I was in the, uh, the military just for a little bit, and they have a BMI scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm under six foot and I'm 200 pounds, I always got called in, right? They're like, oh, this guy's trouble. So I always had to go. Over-
1: they assumed you were over- I'm overweight.
0: They're like, there's no way you can weigh 200 pounds and be under six foot like right. something's off. And so they would call me every time, because you have to go through the the test, right? You're have you you're doing your physical training and your test, and you have to do tests all the time. And every time, I would destroy their test. Like, I just blew it away. Like, the minimum was this, and the good was this, and I was excelling in everything. Just just blew it out of the water, right? Pu-
1: push-ups and sit-ups. Push-ups,
0: sit-ups, running time, all that stuff. I was, I was in fantastic shape. But i would get on the scale and they're like oh no you gotta go see the doctor and you got like they would call me in every single Mm -hmm. time and then they come in and i pull my shirt off and they're like okay uh dismissed (laughs) like you you have no problem but it was because the numbers were off it didn't show up and so they would measure right they're constantly measuring like you should be you should weigh about this much and the seven then they do the, the indices so i'm a very thick build and i'm muscular and so I weigh more than the average guy. That's my height. Right. right. So I have a different build. So am I going to look like uh, my buddy who, who weighs, he's about the same height as me, but like with a backpack on, <laughs> the guy weighs 150 pounds, right? And So I'm 50 pounds heavier than he is. So am I going to look like him? No. Is he going to look like me? No. But, and I think this is extremely important, each of us should strive to look. Well, and again, some some people will be bothered by the look.
1: Right, that we're worried about the look. Look. It's not about the look.
0: Each of us should be in our healthiest state, and I would say as an ideal, in your fittest state. You should be healthy and fit. Now... I'll just throw this in here for those of you who are interested in the subject. It is possible to be fit and unhealthy, but it is not possible to be healthy and unfit. There's there's a little distinction there, right? Because you can be fit, so you can go to the gym, do stuff, but you can be eating horribly and you can be unhealthy. But you can't be healthy and unfit because a healthy body has fitness. And we can get it. Like I've been, I've been studying this stuff voraciously since I was sixteen. But, but the point is, so we 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 don't.
1: We're not trying to look like someone else. We're not saying you need to be skinny like these girls on Instagram, or you need to, you know, have this certain build. But what we are trying to say is that your body. Well, and this is the part I want to get into next about why the shaming thing might occur, and I think is behind the reason it's happening um your body knows where your body needs to be like intuitively instinctively physiologically subconsciously your body knows where it needs to be now the reason body shaming is a problem is because like you were talking about before it's like we have this cognitive dissonance in society we have all these people that are not where their bodies need to be. And then we're also trying to say, that's okay. Where really, the reason why we might feel like, oh, it's not okay, is because our body feels like there is something off. Going back to this idea that if you're unhealthy, you're setting, you're setting the foundation for d- disease, future disease, our bodies are trying to say something is off. Something needs to change. Now, this is to be separated completely from the idea of people that have eating disorders or other types of issues where they're trying to be super skinny, they're trying to look like other people, they're trying to, you know, even if they're healthy, they think they're not healthy. That's a different issue. Right. And that's not what we're talking about. That's something that needs to be addressed in a different way.
0: And that needs... It'll help in, in counseling and counseling right. and coaching and all that work. So Fundamentally, though, it, that's it, it's connected in that it's tied to a misaligned target. Yes, it's yeah. They've attached a vision or an understanding, a perception to an erroneous target. Right. And so, so they're trying to be something they're not, they're not or something yeah. they can't be. Right. Right.
1: Which is totally different from trying to be your healthiest self, which is ultimately what we believe in, which we promote, and which we share, even though it seems to come across. Well, I guess now we'll go to the background. So Greg teaches a class every week for teenagers called Habits of a Successful Life. And I don't know how it came up. Maybe one of the books you were reading or something. Well, no, it, but- was
0: a, it was just, a, it was just a, an overall assessment. right? It was, and I think this is good. I think it's good, and I talk about this all the time. It's been something that's been extremely valuable for me my whole life, on my birthday, on New Year's. Uh, at the end of every quarter, at the end of every month. You just stop and say, well, let's just let's just take an evaluation. Yeah, let's, an assessment. Where am I at? A reckoning.
1: And this isn't just physically, but this is like, where am I it's mentally? Where everything. am I emotionally? How where How many
0: I... books have I read? Financially, right. How are my relationships? Yeah, where's my bank account? It, it's everything. Just, it's so valuable to do this.
1: I just had a birthday like three or four days ago. I turned 44, and it was. I just mentally took this assessment of like, where is life? And life is great like honestly right now our life is so good and it but we just we have gotten into the, to the habit of constantly doing that of just taking these regular assessments
0: yeah. because if you don't improve it no if you don't measure it you can't improve it right that that's just that's just Real. It's just factual. Again, separation. If you're not measuring, then you can't improve it, and you can't really know not how you are.
1: Measuring or assessing. Yeah. I like the word assess. Yep. So anyway, so during this class, you just did an overall assessment with the student.
0: Right. And I'm walking through. It's it's multi-day because I created I created this quiz for the men I work with, of of a full. It's a full life assessment, and you start with physical because everything in your life is affected first and foremost by your physical condition which
1: is another reason i think this is important to point out why we place so much importance on this because some people might think oh you're just vain you just care too much about how much you look how you look you just care about your body appearance and it's not that like we honestly that's not that important to us what is important to it like we we like to look nice we like to dress up like take care of ourselves but the ultimate thing we care about is the fact that our body is the vehicle for experiencing life and we cannot experience life to the fullest which is a part of our mission and purpose and goal without healthy bodies we just can't do it like the amount of energy we have to put out all the time to live the life we have people don't even know how much energy it requires to Mm -hmm. live this life it requires us to be healthy we have to be healthy and fit in order to live an extraordinary life so that's one of the reasons why we do Have this viewpoint we have, and why we've spent so much time thinking about it and talking about it, is because your body is the vehicle for life. So that's the foundation. If your body is out of shape, your life is out of shape. Yep.
0: When you deep dive into this, you realize that the condition of your body directly affects your spirituality. And I know that's going to be a big jump for some of you. Like, no, no, I can, I don't have to. It does. It affects your psychology. So it your, absolutely your, affects your psychology. Your mental and emotional state. Oh, your emotional especially. Gigantic, yeah. gigantic correlation between the condition of your body and your emotional state. But it affects your, your marriage. And you're like, well, how does it affect my marriage? Well, it's, it's how you feel and your energy and your vitality, and your libido. It affects your... Well, and here, here's a reality. This is a truth. It affects your self-respect and your self-image.
1: And we don't like to talk about this, but having worked with many couples, it does affect your spouse's view and attraction to you. Absolutely. And, and spouses don't want to talk about that. They don't want to admit that they actually are less attracted to you because of your the condition of your body. And yet, we hear it all the time when people, you know, reveal their secrets to us. Yep.
0: In fact, there's been very specific instances where a spouse will say, no, I, I'm not that shallow. I, I love you just as you are. You're, the because your body doesn't change, doesn't matter. And then I help a client totally transform their body. And the spouse is like, whoa, this is amazing. This is awesome. And, and everything gets better and changes. And they're like, okay, well, okay, it did have an impact where right. I think it didn't. And, I, and I do want to say, that's one of those hard conversations tough. we yeah. don't want
1: to have. We don't want to admit that about ourselves or about our spouse or that you know, it, that it, has a, it plays a part, and yet it does. It
0: does. You respect yourself more. Well, that, that actually is a cycle that goes both ways. When you respect yourself more, then you take care, better care of your body. And when you take care of your, better, your body better, you actually respect yourself right. more. But that is absolutely true with others, too. Whether we agree with it or not, whether we like it or not, your body is your billboard. And it is also, in many instances, your business card. Your body is your billboard and your business card and people assess you physiologically like this is fundamental evolutionary science like this isn't like social conditioning although that plays a part as too this is biological you are assessing and being assessed by others in your interactions by the condition of your body.
1: Yes. So, back to the habits class. You had them do this assessment, yep. part of the assessment, because it's part of what you do for the men, included just reaching down, grabbing your belly, and assessing how much fat you have on your body.
0: So to give this context, we were doing an overall assessment, right? Uh, how long can you hold your breath? How long can you do an air squat? How many push-ups can you do? How many sit-ups can you do? Um, like, it, it's, it's a, can you get up off? This is a fun one. Can you get up off the ground without using your hands? Mm-hmm. Right, it's just it's just simple things that like how's like, the know, condition I, of my body.
1: I have an app that's um, helps with range of motion stuff, and that's one of the initial assessments they do. Is like, how can you do? Can you do this activity? Exactly.
0: And, can you touch your toes? That's another one we did. So we we're doing all of those. But,
1: and you can do a lot of those things and still have excess weight. Yeah. So it's not like. You can't do it if you have the yeah. weight. But the point is, part of the assessment included kind of this yes. BM, self-BMI, how right. much fat do I have?
0: Exactly. So, again, it's a moment of reckoning. And all, all of us can do it right now. I do it consistently myself. You just say, okay, today's a moment of reckoning. You can take you know, whatever – at the end of every month, you could just – I mean, you could go to the gym or you could you can buy your own assessment equipment. You can have a scale – um, but scales can be off, right? The scale doesn't work for me because I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm under 6 foot and 200 pounds. Like, uh-oh, I'm overweight. So you could get the calipers, you can go get a test, or you can just do a quick visual hand test. I can reach back and I can grab uh, any fat around what we call our love handles. I can reach down on my legs and I can grab. So where they do the caliper test is um, on the, the inside of your leg. On your thigh just above the knee that's where there's fat they do it on the back of your arm where your tricep your tricep just below your shoulders mine are a little flabby yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so you can reach back and grab right there and then on the front of your belly right above where your belt would be they grab right there so this is actually a physical test how they test body fat on those three points and again that's a simple one that's very very simple but you can do that with your fingers right now. You can reach behind your back and you can grab your triceps. You can grab the skin under your, on, your, on your inner leg above your knee and you can grab your belly. That There's no shaming in that. There's no, you know, I don't like myself. I don't look like anyone else. I can just right now take inventory on my... And this what this does is this tells me how well I've been eating and exercising over the last
1: well, few months. And again, for me, it comes back to... How much risk do I have of future disease based off of my current condition now? So, for us, this has simply become a way of assessing where you are currently and if you're on the path you want to be on. Now, the email we received from a parent said, well, this is body shaming. And I can understand why they would have that viewpoint, especially based on the current culture of our society. Um... But, again, back to this idea of this is something we've been thinking about, talking about, researching for a long time. I also disagree with that because I think it's dependent on the context in which we take it. Mm I kind of want to just throw this in there because I think it's relevant. I remember years ago when we started traveling, this was back in 2007, you know. um, One of the things that shocked me, because I grew up in America, and America is very... Fat adverse. Meaning that they don't like to talk about it. They don't like to bring it up.
0: They don't like to use the word fat.
1: Right. And we went to these other countries, and they just say it how it is. They're like, oh, yeah, she's really fat. They tell you right to your face. Yeah, you're really fat. And I remember being so shocked because I was like, what? They just said she was fat right to her face. Like, I can't believe this, you know? But they just had this more...
0: (laughs) That's how they would, like, indicate each other. Yeah. they are like, oh, go talk to, to that one. Oh, Which one? Oh, the fat one. She's
1: the fat one. Hey,
0: hey you, fatty. <laughs> and she's like,
1: oh, yeah, that's me right here. Uh, yep, Right. Me. And, <laughs> and it was so fascinating because they just had this openness about it of, like, yeah, this is where I am. This is who I am. This is a distinguishing characteristic of me. Yeah. And so I, I kind of, you know, while it was shocking at first, I also thought, well, I almost think it's healthier. Yeah. Just it's call it how it is, and not to beat around the bush, and not to feel like you're shaming someone either, but you're just saying, you are. You are overweight, you are fat. And then that's, back to this idea, that's a place where you can then have a conversation. If that's where you wanna be and you're comfortable with that, great. But if you feel shamed, shame comes from internally. Shame is an internal feeling. Nobody can make you feel shamed. It's not possible. Just like nobody can nobody can make you feel anything. Emotions come from within. You experience emotions based on how you interpret what was said or done. Mm-hmm. So if you feel shame, then that's a ch- that's a chance for you to look internally. And this is I'm, this is not a justification. This is literally how we live our life every single day of our life. <laughs> it's our life. To emphasize that it's a chance for you to look internally and say, why do I feel bothered by that? Why do I feel shamed by that? Why do I feel uncomfortable by that? Because back to this thing I said before, if you feel shame because of the condition of your body, one, you have a psychological condition that's unhealthy and you need help, right? So anorexia, bulimia, something like that. Or two, your body is trying to tell you something's off and you need to change it. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's like being in pain. If your arm is hurting, don't ignore it because maybe it's broken. Maybe something happened to it. You need to get it fixed. It's a type of pain. It's an emotional pain that's telling you something is off. You need to fix it.
0: Yeah. I think there's an important distinction here that's worth mentioning. In my observations, the body... Will use uh, a sense or feeling of guilt mm-hmm. uh, it'll, it'll make you feel bad like hey something's off right like it, this needs to be addressed so your own body will make you feel bad your psychology will do the same thing your brain will say hey this isn't okay right and, and again like Rachel keeps pointing out like you're on the path to an early death and disease and your body will tell you and your brain your psychology will tell you like this isn't this isn't okay And we need to be able to understand that. It's just black and white science like, oh, my body and my brain are telling me this is not okay, and we allow guilt. But I'm going to go further than that. The spirit, I wholeheartedly believe like the spiritual side of us also uses guilt. Mm -hmm. Guilt is a good thing. If you do something dumb, if you do something inherently wrong, if you are incongruent, if you lie or steal or cheat or you just do something you know is you feel guilty guilt is a good thing it right. keeps us on track but we want to like we never want to feel guilty ever for I anything i think
1: especially in society today we don't we want what we want to do is we or what we have started to do is to put the blame on others we say oh i'm feeling bad about my body That's because of all the people on Instagram that are skinny. That's because of all the messaging we're getting. And I I believe that that is playing a role. And it's not necessarily healthy.
0: Right.
1: But everything that happens to me happens internally. So I am the one that can interpret what that means to me and how I'm going to act about it. I don't have to respond in a certain way. I don't have to be shamed because... Of what is on Instagram or what is said by other people. I can choose what I'm going to do about it. If you have extra extra fat and you're okay with that. Because it's worth the bread you eat. <laughs> that's kind of how I am. I've got some flabby arms. And I've got a little flab on my legs. But for me, I'm okay with that amount. Because I like the bread that I eat twice a week or whatever. I'm not willing to cut it out. So that's a level of it too. Like You can accept that. Or you can say, ah, you know what? That is contributing to my early death and disease. Maybe I need to just cut it out and then I have to do the hard work of actually cutting it out.
0: Well, and and in addition it's it's currently affecting my energy levels, my vitality. Yes. It's it may be affecting how you feel about yourself. It's definitely going to be affecting Your ability to do things you maybe want to do. It it has an effect now and in the future. Every
1: single thing has an exchange rate. So you have to say, either I'm willing to accept that, the exchange, and I'm going to be okay where I'm at, which is, I think, what the message is trying to be of the body shaming. But it shouldn't be at the expense of, no, I'm perfectly healthy, because that's not true. That's
0: just an absolute lie.
1: That's not true. And so as long as we can say, you know what, I'm not perfectly happy. I'm not perfectly healthy but i'm happy enough with the current state of my body that i'm not going to do something to change it or i'm out of health i'm going to do something to change mm-hmm. it like that's really the options right. here it, the other the option which i don't think serves anyone is to say as a society we need to stop body shaming because that just doesn't work individual responsibility is the only way we really make change personally or as a society And until we accept the individual responsibility and acknowledge that part of the reason we feel guilt or shame is because it's our own body telling us things are off, that's the healthiest route.
0: And and your psychology will do that as well. Again, everything in life has the meaning we give it. So if you see something, let's say you see a picture of someone who is fit and healthy. What happens very quickly, almost instantaneously, is you give it some kind of meaning.
1: You make some kind of judgment of what it means. And,
0: And for me, when I see just absolutely fit, healthy people out in society or online, wherever... I'm like, fantastic.
1: They've paid a price. They've worked hard.
0: Because I've been in this industry for so long, I know how they got there.
1: Which is, this is, I'm going to interrupt for a second because this is interesting. It's almost like this reverse body shaming is occurring. It's almost like because we've tried to not make other people feel bad for being out of shape or being fat, we're now trying to make people that are healthy feel bad for... Showing that yeah. they're healthy, right? We're, we're, like you're fit, th- you're fit, you're thin. Like we're something them into wrong villains. with you. You're tr- you're the villain yeah. because you're trying to make me feel bad that I'm not in that condition. Yeah. You're because posting it's pictures not of your six
0: pack online, jerk. You're just which, body shaming.
1: Right. Which the reality is, yes, we can't all look like this one image of what's available. But any one of us could get in to sincere health and fitness. If we're willing to pay the price. And too often that's actually the problem. I'm not in that condition because I'm not willing to pay that price. But I am in the condition I am because I have paid the price to get here. Right? I'm not thin just because I'm lucky. I am thin because I am very, very, very strict about what I eat.
0: And how much you eat. And
1: how much I eat. And it's not like I'm starving myself. And when I eat. Exactly. Right. I'm very, I have strict guidelines for when I eat, for how much I eat, and for what I eat. That is what has caused me to maintain my thinness for even after giving birth six times.
0: Yeah. And that there's a formula like that that works for 98 to 99% of people. There yes, there are a few, but it's very very few who are the exception. But for 98 to 99% of people, all you have to do is follow the formula, and you'll get better results. And
1: I think maybe that's the other part of why we have the viewpoint that we do. Like, we're sharing everything that we've thought through for so long. And part of the reason we have this viewpoint is because we understand there is a formula. Like, it's really pretty simple. If you do that assessment, right, which is not meant to be a body shaming, it's meant to be a, legi- a legitimate assessment, and you realize you have more fat than you would like, okay, that's fine. There is a formula for reducing that amount of fat. And it's very simple. It's like you said, not eating certain times. We're not gonna go into all the details because that's a whole nother podcast. But you know, you have a window of time that you eat and you only eat certain things and you eat till you're full and you stop. Like that's the basics, and it's can be challenging to adopt if you're not used to that but once you adopt it then it's easy it's not hard to just stick to this formula that produces overall and that we're just talking about the healthy eating side of it that doesn't even include the exercise but if you did just that that would make a change
0: 90% of your body condition is going to be what you eat it's in the, now, it, they say it's in the kitchen 90% of the health is. is in the kitchen
1: now i i also know like no joke. Part of the challenge today that we have is that food is a mess. Yeah. Like in this country, a lot of times people think they're eating. And I've seen this time and time and time again. They say, well, I'm eating healthy. And really, they're not. It's they're horrible. eating horribly despite the fact that they're eating healthy. They think they're eating healthy and yeah. they're trying to eat healthy. The reality is you're eating crap. And besides, we were just talking about this with our kids the other day, the huge increase in the usage of seed oils, in which everything. too many people call vegetable oils, but they're not from vegetables, they're from seeds. They're extremely toxic and causing huge amounts of obesity without you doing anything except eating them. And seed oils are now in everything. any pra- Practically anything that's processed, anything that has an ingredient label on it, more than likely has seed oils in it, and it's making people fat.
0: Yep, there's a a correlation there.
1: So that's one thing. If you just cut out all seed oils, that right there is going to have a huge impact on your BMI.
0: Massive. So uh, I want to circle back just for a second. Like If if you look at something, you get to decide what it means. But I also want to point out, though, your physiology and psychology might use something you see or experience as a motivator, as a lesson. So you might see something... Um, you might, in in this context, you might see someone that's that's unhealthy or a weight, or you might hear about somebody dying of heart disease or whatever, or some problem, or getting diabetes or whatever, and and all of a sudden you just feel this major sensation, physiologically and psychology, like oh, I got to change, right? But you also might you might see somebody who's fit, and it might cause feelings of guilt, and because deep down you want to be now process through that work through that like rachel was just saying do you want that do you want to be i hope you do and i and i think your body and your psychology is going to be saying of course you do like of course you will. your body wants to be in its healthiest condition so take it yeah. and use it as inspiration and motivation when i see those guys on there or, or women like that's fantastic they've paid a price like i I want that. It's driving. I want to be healthy, too. My body wants to be healthy and fit. I want to be healthy. I want all of the massive, massive benefits. Like, almost endless amount of benefits that coming from being very healthy and fit. I want that.
1: Now, this... I, we need to say this because <laughs> it might be obvious, but it might not be obvious. We're in no way saying... We're going for perfection. Right. No, no one in our family has a perfect body, and we don't expect anyone in our family to have a perfect body. But we do expect ourselves to maintain a healthy body. Yep. So that's the point. That's the goal. Like to maintain health. Now, I wanted to say something because I remember. Again, I've always been a thin person. Um, I attribute most of that from basically from the time we got married, especially by the time we had. Four kids, which we had four under the age of four, <laughs> so you know, um, and we've we've been de- deliberate about health. My thinness has come from my diet. I know that.
0: And it's worth pointing out that both your parents were very obese, so like, and mine,
1: well, mine my well, my my dad, too. he died from cancer, which was directly caused by his diet. Yeah. Which yeah, he was he had he was obese as well, but. Yeah, he died because of that.
0: So you and I both grew up in environments very, very unhealthy right. for food. Evidence. And it
1: was the 80s where everything was flipped, where you know margarine was good for you and butter was oh, bad. Like everything was so messed up in the 80s.
0: ate Crisco by the bucket. Exactly, I was right. i I made it out of my childhood.
1: So, but that being said, the point is I've never been overweight, but I've had additional fat. You know, I've, I have seven children. I've given birth six times um so you know there have been times when i've had extra weight what i'm trying to say is that i began to notice that i felt better about my body when i was in my body shape i don't know how to explain that but like it's it's as though my body personally has a shape that's ideal and when i am in that shape i feel better about my body yep and when my body is not in that shape,
0: in, I in feel... In its unique shape. Right. Almost like it No one else's. Right. Yeah. It's almost
1: like this, you know, we could say it's this aura or something, you know. It's there. It knows. When I'm not in that shape, I feel worse. Now, what we want to do in society is say, oh, well, that's society's fault because they're making me feel bad that I'm not in my ideal shape. Or what we think is, because I don't look like that girl on Instagram, right? When really, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's our body saying, I'm not in the shape I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And when I am in that shape, I feel great. I feel great about myself because I'm in the shape I'm supposed to be. Yes. I think every one of us has that. I agree. And I think if we feel bad about our body's current shape, it's not anyone else's fault. It's not Instagram's fault. It's not the news's fault. It's not whatever, the movie's fault. It's our own body and mind and spirit trying to communicate with us to say, something's off. You need to fix it. Now, that being said, as a mom, having kids does stuff to your body, right? That just
0: wrecks it. That is an understatement.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so we will never or may never, some of us, have our pre-pregnancy bodies. I get that.
0: Yet some, Yet, some do. Some okay, have earned well this it. And there is are where many I'm going. examples.
1: This is where I'm going next. Yet some do. And some of us like to use the fact that we've had kids as an excuse for not being in the shape that we want to be in. Now I'm going to use some personal examples here because that's what I know. My body... So when I met Greg, you know, it was funny because one of the first questions he ever asked me was if I worked out because that was so important to him. And I had hardly ever worked out in my life, I don't think. I still hardly have done that. (laughs) But that was huge for him. That was a big deal. And basically, I did not work out before having children. I didn't work out. If I did, it was rare while having children. And so by the time I had all of my children, my body was wrecked.
0: In fact, I want to... I want out. You were skinny. And
1: I was skinny, beautiful right? Beautiful.
0: Because you ate well. Yes. But you were not in shape. Exactly. You were not fit. So because she didn't exercise, her muscular fitness was extremely weak. Right. So you were healthy but unfit. Exactly. And that's an yes. important part of the story.
1: And because and again, this is something I've had to think about, analyze, go through the discomfort of, right? Facing that discomfort like we've talked about. I've come to realize that the reason why I had so many issues, first of all, with my, I gave all I gave birth to all of my children naturally, at home. Um, but I had some complications in some of the pregnancies because my body was so out of shape, especially the last pregnancies. And then after that, I had severe, um, I forget the official term of it it's the abdominal something it's basically something like that yeah Yeah. so basically my abdominal wall was just shot it was it had it's such a huge gap in it i could fit like four fingers in between my abs so my body was
0: meaning her intestines could like
1: Right, they come could come out, out and they would get like
0: they get pinched, pinched in between
1: my bad. abdominal muscles. It was really she bad. So sit I, up, was in, she I was in I was in very bad she couldn't shape.
0: Couldn't run, like, right. it just. Wrecked well, so that's the what I'm trying to get
1: to. So I realized that I had I had caused that because I had been out of fitness. Right. Well, so then after I had my children and I, you know, I I wanted to now start getting more fit. I was still healthy from eating, but I wanted to get fit. And I wasn't able to do that because of now the condition of my abdominal wall. I don't care how many crunches you do. You cannot put your abs back together when you have this huge gap in between them. And so I, I tried to get back into shape. But I couldn't. Literally. This was my belief. I could not do it. Because one of the things that really convinced me was I went out to go running because I'm like, okay, I'm going to run and I'm going to get healthy and I was motivated to get fit and I had to come back early and I laid in the bed in excruciating pain because my intestines had come out, got pinched in the abdominal wall and it was horrible. Now, my point here is what I could have done was said, that's it. I can't get in shape. Oh, well, I guess I'll just be out of shape for the rest of my life.
0: Even then, though, you had complications and pain regularly because your your abdomen, your organs, and they were so messed. Even when you stopped working out, you still would have episodes. You're you're on the bed just convulsive. Right, so So that
1: was part of the problem. But, But from my viewpoint at that time was I would never be able to get into shape because I could not work out. Working out caused problems for me to well caused problems i couldn't work out so but i could have just accepted that and said well okay i guess that's it that's my lot in life i just have to deal with it i'll i'll end up getting overweight or whatever i'll always be out of shape but i refused to accept that because of the reason we've talked about here of having longevity having energy having vitality having life I
0: mean, adventures
1: like I couldn't hardly do anything yeah. with my kids. I couldn't run around and play a game or you
0: go hiking with go us.
1: hiking. Yeah. I could hardly do anything because my body was in such bad shape. Now, part of the ownership of that was like I mentioned, I had caused that to on my I had brought that on myself because I had not worked out, exercised, been fit while having my children. Now, I'm contrasting this to I know for personally, my sister, she has had seven children. Gave birth to all of them, including twins. twins. The last ones are twins. But she has always been fit, healthy. She runs, she does marathons, she works out all the time. And even though she's had seven children, she is thin. She has flat abs. No, scra- no um, s- stretch marks, flat abs. She doesn't have a six pack that I know, but I mean, she's flat. But it's because of the con- of how she took care of her body while she was having children. Now, you could say, oh, that's just your family. That's just your genetics. No, I don't think that that's the case. I think that it's the difference between being healthy and fit and taking care of your body or not. Now, obviously, if you didn't do it like I didn't do it during that time, well, then you're stuck with what you've got right now. But there's still things you can do about it. Now, for me personally, I needed to and I chose to have an abdominal surgery that literally sewed my abs back together so that I could live a normal life. And that also gave me the option of now I can exercise, I can work out, I can hike, I can do all these things that I couldn't do before. So while, you know, and I get it, if I had lived 100 years ago, that wouldn't have been an option to me. I would have had to settle for a girdle or something, right? You know, but there are things you can do is the point. And you don't have to be think oh I need to have perfect abs and a perfect belly and no stretch marks you know that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is you have to take the actions necessary for you to be in the health that you need to be in that was something I had to do I had to get the surgery so that I would have the option of being able to exercise and work out and still maintain health and fitness so part of the The argument is like, well, we just need to, you know, accept that our bodies are gonna not be perfect, and we're not gonna be the same after having kids. And I agree, that's true. We're not, we're not expecting perfection. We're not expecting your body to be the same after having kids. It just won't be, but it can be its new healthy self. And besides the fact that I don't think just because we can't be that after we have kids doesn't mean it shouldn't be something we work towards. Before we have kids, because part of the the message from this email was, you know, I want my daughters to not expect to have the perfect body their whole life, or I'm paraphrasing or whatever, because they're going to have kids and it's going to wreck their body. Well, okay, I get that, but I don't think that's an excuse. If your girls, if our my girls, if our children can be healthy, our women, especially our daughters, if they can be healthy and fit and try to, if they want, get a six pack or whatever it is, like exercise and work out and try to have a thin body because they especially if they want it that's only going to help them when they're having kids it's only going to help them be better prepared for carrying a baby you know birthing pregnancy
0: birth the whole thing way better
1: right it will be easier and better because of their desire to exercise and be fit and be healthy before the pregnancy, and that goes for diet as well, of course, because you know the the pregnancy is a huge drain on the nutrition and of your body. So if you're healthy before, that just makes your pregnancy that much easier.
0: Okay. Absolutely, and recovery that much faster. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I've I've had multiple surgeries from injuries, and the physicians always said like your recovery has been phenomenal because you're in such great shape. Like the condition of your right. body, it just it same affects with everything. giving birth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, the recovery is amazing. And and I think you're right. I think that's a great point. Like you might say, you know what, you, you're not likely to have a six pack after you have a baby, uh, so don't. It, it, but if you want one before, th- don't use don't use. Right. We well, can't have one for so might as well not get one before. Like, nah, go for it. Like, go get it if you want it. Go get it. And that's the thing is like, you don't you don't you don't have to have a six pack abs. But if you want them, go get them. I want them. My sons want them, and so that we have them. So we we go get them. You don't have to, but like pick pick an ideal. Health and fitness for yourself, and commit to staying it. Like you were saying, the body changes with
1: that body shape of what your ideal shape is.
0: And and mine will, you know, it also changes with age, right? So the condition of your body in your twenties changes to your thirties, your forties, fifties. But don't use that as an excuse. So I'm forty-five. I don't. I I could I could use that as an excuse, and many people do. Like, well, I'm not twenty anymore, and so they use it as an excuse to have some pathetic dad bod. Like, no. It's it, In my mind, that's unacceptable. Like, no way. But what about 10 years from now? What about 20 years from now? So when I'm 65, I just say, ah, you know, I'm not 45 anymore. And accept it? No way. I'm still going to be working out hard and eating well for my entire life. Because I want all the benefits of health and fitness. And
1: it's not about looking like some... 20-year-old model. Not at all. That's not the point. But
0: I'm going to look my my unique best right. for my body shape and my age. I'm going to look my best because the looks the looks actually correlate to your feeling and your condition. Right. Looks are an assessment. So it's not vanity, it's an assessment. So when I take a shower, I go to the pool whatever, it's an assessment of the condition of my body, my health, and fitness. So ultimately, and I I hope, again, I'm going to circle back to where we began. I hope you've heard this message from the pure intent it's coming from. We in no way, shape, or form want to push shame on, on body image at all.
1: But we also have the natural approach that we don't avoid topics that might cause shame. Because if there's this feeling of shame, there's a reason for the feeling. It's not there because, at least in our case, because someone's trying to make you feel shameful. Often we've noticed in our own lives that you feel shame for some reason. And so if that feeling is there, it needs to be analyzed and addressed, not ignored and Blamed on an external source,
0: right? And and assess whether that's something, some kind of comparison you picked up. Like you know, um, like comparison is is the thief of joy. That's a that's a famous quote from someone famous, Dalai Lama, I think, <laughs> or Shakespeare, or whatever. I don't <laughs> I even Dalai know Dalai who it came. From. But like, if if it's coming from comparison, then see why. If the comparison makes you feel uncomfortable because. Truly, you want to be better. Like, there, there is a time when comparison can be extremely helpful. I know I use comparison in a positive way. I'll look at certain things that other people are doing and think, wow, that's fantastic. I want that. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's feelings of guilt associated with that, I, I assess, like, why, did, wait, why would I feel guilty? And then honestly, it comes back like, you know what? Because I haven't been doing the work. Right. And I want to. I want to have this thing, whatever it is, like money or or health and fitness or relationships or, or whatever it is you want. If there's a feeling of guilt there, stop and say, well, is, is the guilt being brought up because of my own incongruence? Mm -hmm. Is it being brought up because I'm not living according to my own values? Right. Is it because I keep giving in to the donuts? I don't eat donuts, but that's an example. Like, is it because I keep eating donuts when I know I shouldn't? Is, is, Is Is guilt coming from that? That's a good thing. Right. If you don't want to eat donuts, but you keep eating them, then guilt is a good thing. Why not respond to it? Exactly why not take it in?
1: And I think that's ultimately our message because that's the approach we've taken. That's the approach that works for us and works with any of the clients you have that if there's something in your life like that, instead of blaming the external cause, we look internally and we analyze and become aware of the cause for those feelings. We become aware of what's Bringing this about because that's where we actually can make the changes that then put us in congruence. So then we feel good. We don't, we're don't. we not worried about what someone else is doing or saying. We feel good. Yep. And I know for me, I'm speaking from experience. I, same for you and people you've coached. It's true too. When you get in congruence with yourself, you're no longer triggered by these external
0: exactly.
1: um, things.
0: Yeah, the the so, external stimuli. So someone
1: can say or do something, yep. and it doesn't bother you anymore because right. you are comfortable in your own skin. Yep. Right?
0: And and you're in living in alignment with your own values. You know exactly. what's important to you.
1: Right. And so, that doesn't mean perfection. That doesn't mean having this perfect body like someone else has. It means according to your own definition, but it, but according it, to your own shape.
0: It could mean that, too. It could mean... Um, and I guess you really have to get clear about like what is in your power, what's within your control, what's within your circle of influence. Let's say you're how tall are you, babe? Five six. So Rachel is five six and has brown hair, right? If she wanted to be a six one blonde beach volleyball player, like <laughs> this, it's crazy, right? It's completely out of control. But let's say she's like, you know what? Gosh, I'd like to have some definition in my legs and my arms. Could you do that?
1: Absolutely. There that's within my power.
0: Yeah, that's within your power. Right. And if you see posts online of these moms flexing their legs and arms.
1: I'm like Oh, those body shamers. Gosh.
0: wicked, <laughs> Terrible. Like, it's not there. Like, if you see somebody online that is just just muscular, fit, and six-packs and, and muscles, that's healthy. Well, it's It's interesting. extremely healthy. There's nothing unhealthy about that.
1: Right. It's interesting, at least I've noticed for myself, that sometimes when I feel some sort of, maybe it's anger or irritation by someone or something that they're doing, a lot of times it's because that's something I do actually want. I want that, but I'm not willing to pay the price to get it. And so my the way of, I cope with that subconsciously is by wanting to say, oh, well, that person is whatever, you know. I, I want to make them the bad guy. We blame the I want to say that it's their fault or something like that. That that's not reasonable or, you know, it's not possible for me or here's all the reasons why I can't do it. Instead of just coming to terms, you know, again, back to this idea of being comfortable in your own skin, that either saying, you know what, that's awesome. I would love to do that. And then one, either doing the work to do it, or two, being okay with why I'm not going to do the work to do it. And either one of those make you feel good. They make you feel better than just saying, that person's body shaming, or they're doing this, or you know pointing the fingers of blame. Instead, I'm turning them in, and I'm taking responsibility for the choices I am making, because it is a choice. If I choose to not get in shape, or choose to not lose weight, that's a choice. And that's fine, as long as you choose it, instead of playing the victim. Of why you can't do it,
0: Does and, that you, and you fully accept the consequences. Right, for your and choices. you accept
1: the consequences yeah. exactly. That is a way healthier place to be in, from my experience, than to want to change the outside world and how they operate instead of just changing myself. Yeah.
0: That's such an, imp- it, it just brings it back to you and your ownership.
1: Because that's really the only thing we ever that's have control over. Exactly. The only thing we are ever gonna have control over, and this is what we try to teach our children every single day you can't be in control, you can't change what other people do, say, or think. But you can change how you think and respond to what other people say or do. So whether that's some sort of th- something that's body shaming in your mind, or it's something that's racist, or <laughs> let's fill in the blanks of all the things that go on in the world that we don't have control over, we get to decide how we interpret that action. Yeah. We are the ones that get to decide. Even my daughter, okay, our daughter's black. Our oldest daughter, she's African-American, and we've taught her. If someone treats her in a racist way, that's them. It has nothing to do with her. That is on them. That's because they're the kind of person that they are. And it has nothing to do with who she is. So it's all about how you choose to interpret the world around you and how you choose to respond to it instead of being the victim to what everyone else is, how everyone else is living their life. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, gosh, I, I don't want to just belabor this point, but it's so important. There's there's this woman I know of. She uh, she's, has five kids, I think, and she's in fantastic shape. And she posts, regularly posts pictures of herself. Besides my sister. In in the gym, yeah, and your sister could do the same thing. Seven kids. She she could post these pictures, and I don't I don't see them. It, people who've, who've paid a price, especially if they're teaching fitness, like they're not body shaming. They're not posting pictures of themselves being fit so that other people feel bad. They're saying, "Hey, I, I look don't... what I have done. Exactly,
1: I have been able to do this, and if I can do it, you so can do can it you. too."
0: And I actually have a formula. Here's some things you can eat, here's some things right. you can do. For those of you who would like to look like this, it's totally possible, totally healthy. If you would like to look like this, here's the formula. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And, and if we are off condition and, and again, if, you don't, if you're not interested in that, okay, then, Keep then it's com- It's completely <laughs> neutral stimuli. Like, okay, she posts that because she's offering. Which is interesting
1: because that's again back to this idea of what's internal the the internal thoughts and feelings. Often it's not neutral because of our own thoughts and feelings. So it becomes a trigger because of something within ourselves that has not been resolved, it hasn't been addressed. And so we begin to see it as a trigger, as some sort of attack. As some sort of movement, right, towards something, when in reality, those thoughts and feelings are coming from within. So there's something you haven't addressed, something exactly. you haven't looked at.
0: Yep. Beautiful. So it all it all comes back to us. It all comes back to ownership and responsibility.
1: Which is our message from the start on yep. everything. <laughs> on
0: everything, exactly. And and my take on it is that's actually a really good thing. It's extremely empowering to say, oh, this is on me.
1: Right. That's it's way not more outside powerful. Of me.
0: It's not society, it's not those other people. This is in my circle of influence. Mm-hmm. I can do something about that. Now, obviously, I can't I would love to be 6'4" and about 240.
1: That's your ideal.
0: But I'm going to have to wait.
1: Unless you for the, wear
0: for the resurrection wedge maybe. Shoes. <laughs> yeah. I can wear 5-inch wedge shoes and put on a lot of weight wear steroids or something whatever. I cannot do that. But can I be just ripped and fit? Absolutely I can. And that's empowering because I can do that. And so take, take ownership. Take control. Yes, love yourself. No yes, matter how you are body. right now. Right.
1: Love yourself.
0: But I, learn to but disconnect. Love yourself.
1: love yourself because of what you just said. Because of the power you have. Yeah. You have power. It's already there. You don't have to be fit to have any more power than you do have now. And I'm talking about potential and inner power. Obviously, when you get f- more fit, you have more physical power. And if you exercise your brain, you have more mental power. But all of that's already lying yeah. within you.
0: It's all inherent. Yeah. And so, and, and learn, l- practice separating it. So say, I love myself. I absolutely love myself my body and the miracle that it is and then if you're overweight here, here's what i would do and, and there's been times when i was overweight well uh, it's, it's relative. relative it's relative <laughs> um stop i love myself i love my body i'm so grateful for it and this gut right here is and, and again gut i just use gut i just look down it's like gut. the gut's the first and obvious example right it's just right there in front of you you can take your legs or your arms whatever it is just say this is unacceptable I'm overweight. I have extra fat on my body.
1: This so is not I the result myself. I want.
0: I love my body. This fat's unacceptable. I'm going to work until
1: it's gone. And in some ways, it's almost like you're, while that fat is a part of your body, you're separating it. It's, it is. Because as part of the comment in here was, you know, loving my body the way God made it. Well, God didn't make it with fat. The, okay, the nope. baby fat and that's cute.
0: That's adorable. <laughs> Babies should be fat. Exactly. Toddlers should be fat. Right. Women should gain weight when they're pregnant. Exactly. That's yeah, that's all that's part all of part how of God made it.
1: But that fat really is not a part of you. Right. It's extra. In fact, if you look at the biochemistry, the metaphysics, like all of this extra like it's almost a I don't know if tumor is the right word, but it's this growth that's not a part of you. It's extra. It's almost like a cancer in yep, a way, right? Exactly. Because cancer is a it's mutation a, of cells. Yes,
0: it's a slow death. of yeah. Right,
1: and so it's this, it's this add-on that's not a part of the real you, which is why, going back to the idea of why you feel bad, your body is saying, wait, this isn't me. Yep. This is wrong. Something's off here. Like, this let's isn't change it.
0: the way I was created. Exactly. Right. This isn't the way I was intended to be. Um, the, it's the seed oils and the sugar and yeah, the soda and right? the junk and it's all the garbage that's causing this. Again, it's, it's a it's beautiful separation. Like that's separate from the way God created that's you. That's separate
1: from me and who I really am. Yep.
0: God created a body to be a certain way, and extra fat is not the way He created them to be. So again, I, I don't. I think this is empowering. I think it's exciting. It's an opportunity to get clear about who you want to be and how you want to live, to absolutely love yourself and your miraculous body. But commit right now. And this, this is the commitment I made and the commitment I encourage uh, everyone, everyone to make. To commit to get into and stay in the best health of your life for the rest of your life. And that's doable.
1: Because ultimately all that comes down to is your daily and weekly habits i mean that's really why it's also so simple i think if i think if we were saying something that was impossible to achieve that you had to go to great lengths to do it that would be different but we've learned from experience with ourselves and from teaching it to thousands of people it really is just a simple formula that comes down to your daily and weekly habits if you get the habits of just these certain things and and many of you are doing that and you're saying i'm still not getting the results well there's Tweaks that need to be made. Maybe you have to look at something like how many seed oils you're actually eating when you don't think you are, right? You have to start looking at those types of things because yes, society is a little more complex than it used to be when we were hunter-gatherers, right? And we have a whole podcast on what to eat because we've thought about this, researched it, studied it for a long time. Two podcasts actually on what to eat. Go there. That's a place to look because you might be unknowingly taking things into your body that are actually causing Either inflammation, which could look like extra fat, but it's not, it's inflammation, or be causing extra weight like seed oils when you don't even know you're eating whatever that you think is healthy because it says it's healthy, it says it's keto, it says it's whatever, vegan, and it's actually making you fat because it has seed oils in it. Like this happens more often than not, than you know. So, you know, you just have to develop those daily and weekly habits. Make tweaks to figure out what's off. That's about it. Right. And then you just follow that formula for exactly. the rest of your life.
0: And, and, and it becomes you,
1: easier and easier and easier. Yep. It becomes so automatic. It's not even something you have yep. to really think about.
0: And I, we've been able to help so many clients do this. And and it might even be like, you might well, I, well, I feel guilty because I'm super busy parent. I don't have the time. And like The the joke Same. I was like to say is like... Uh, it, Last I checked, it doesn't take more time to eat less food, (laughs) and and eat healthier.
1: And sometimes it feels like it takes more time to figure out what is healthy food. Sure, there is that you know learning curve, so to say. Absolutely. But in the long run, it's worth it. And I think, if nothing else, I feel that we have been married twenty two years. We have seven children, and we have maintained health and fitness for that entire time because of simple basic habits one of them
0: travel all with traveling to
1: 50 countries right and eating every time we go to a restaurant in turkey they give us french fries (laughs) which we try to not eat most of the time but like we've still been able to do it and one of the basic things is just it starts in the kitchen well i you know I, i would even add this now it starts in the grocery store yes you're right that's actually where it starts That's where I started to change my life forever was when I started to look at every single thing and read the ingredients on everything I bought at the grocery store, try to buy as many things that don't have ingredients, right? It's just like, here's an apple, (laughs) no ingredients. It's just that. And that right there has maintained health for 22 plus years.
0: Fantastic. Love it. So it's exciting. It's awesome. Anyways. It's totally doable. If we can do it, anybody can do it.
1: And if there's something that we didn't address here, and you're like, "What about this?" or "What about that?" you know, email us. Let mm-hmm. us know because we we're, we're honestly trying to take an honest approach to this. It's not meant to be some twisted version of reality. It's it's from the best that we can see it. This is how this is reality. This is how it really is, and it's a reality that empowers us instead mm-hmm. of makes us victims mm-hmm. to society or trends or whatever is going on in the world.
0: Yep. And overall, holistically, like your whole life, it helps you feel better and, and look better and live better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And man, gosh, life is so much better when, when you feel good, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, when you're winning. And there are simple formulas for winning, which is why we do the Extraordinary Family Life Formula. I I think we mentioned this before, Rachel's working on this 28-day habit tracker and- 28-day challenge. The 28-day challenge. It just works. It's these simple strategies and systems that make life so good. Right. It really comes down to simple, simple things. And you're like, man, this feels fantastic. Keep doing this.
1: Right. And I think it is the same. It's the same with your health and fitness. And if, some, if it fills off, you just have to dial in those systems and strategies and habits. And then you feel congruent and you don't have to feel ashamed anymore. Yeah. Or have to feel guilty or whatever it is that your body is trying to tell you.
0: Ooh, so I, w- I want to give just a little bit of hope it's
1: almost like sometimes I
0: feel like and maybe I'm maybe I'm way out in outer space on this sometimes I feel like I can sense some of your thoughts and questions while you're listening here <laughs> I mean, I, I just I, maybe it's just working from so many people like yeah but what about this what about this so I just want to share something like if if you want to get in better health and you maybe you're a little overweight it, with some very simple tweaks, little adjustments that that take almost no additional effort, I mean, so simple, you could easily lose you know maybe two to three pounds a week. So how long does that take to to drop weight? you know ten weeks that's, that's two and a half months, so just look at your calendar and two and a half months from now, like we' we're, we're in the summer, and you're 20 pounds lighter, Tw- 20 pounds is a lot. Like, try, tr- try to envision holding 20 pounds in your hands, and then and, and it's gone. Just, just let it go. And, and you haven't had to make drastic changes. You make a few simple adjustments, and two and a half months from now, you look and feel like a different person. It's awesome. And let's say you, maybe you don't need to lose weight, but you just want some better fitness. You want more definition in your arms, they're your legs. Say,
1: what are those tweaks? What are they?
0: Well, we covered those extensively in other podcasts. I'll mention them. But let me hit this one real quick in the fitness thing. Maybe you just want to be a little more fit, a little stronger. Okay, we'll just start today and, and just start running um, or start doing some push-ups. Just do push-ups every day and go to, go to your limit and then do some more. And if you'll do them every day, if you'll go on a little run every day, you're go on you know, fit. You grab some weights, do that a little bit every day. And again, you can go at your intensity level. If you want to get just just absolutely ripped, then man, go for it. Get a trainer, hit the gym, go hard, just just turn it on. Or just start doing these things and and watch what happens. In two to three months, you'll be like, wow, like I can see the definition in my in my pectoral muscles or in my arms. Like I, wow, I can actually see my biceps and oh look, I can see my quads. Like, it's an amazing, and and two to three months are going to pass whether you do anything or not. So you can be the same, you can be heavier, or you can be fitter, like whatever. Like they're going to pass. So make the tweaks and keep trending upward toward the ideal you want to be and have and maintain. Okay, for for losing the weights, uh, um, losing weight, um, I would say eliminate soda, eliminate refined sugar. Eliminate um, seed oils, vegetable oils, canola oils, all that, all that junk. If
1: all of that seems overwhelming, start with one. Well, it's not
0: overwhelming. Just get rid I'm of just, all that junk.
1: I'm just gonna this put it like, out there. Just throw it in the garbage for those and never who buy are, it again. For those who are like, "What? What am I going to eat if I eliminate those things?" <laughs> just start with one and,
0: and recreate your your diet. So again, sodas a good one. I've had all my clients. First thing we do is like, stop soda. And man, it's amazing the change, the transformation. That includes that happens. Red Bull. Yeah. Oh yeah. The caffeine drinks. Um, and I would say coffee, alcohol, um, all those things. And here's why. Because it's disrupting your gut and your bloodstream. And that disruption actually um, increases fat uh,
1: retention. Pute- retention.
0: And so you, you, you want to get rid of those things. And so, again, just, just start, start there and go start easy by. on the carbohydrates, like less rice, less... Flour, less bread, less oats, less grains, and I'm not saying no. I'm just saying a lot less. And it's it's easy enough to do that. Let's say you just love sandwiches. Well, just do an open sandwich where you just have one piece of bread on the bottom, and then more like meats, healthy meats and cheeses on there. Um,
1: Make your own mayonnaise, not yeah. from. Just start just
0: start looking at ingredients. And be like, oh man, if it's if it's nasty stuff, just just cut it out and find. And there's so many good, healthy, and delicious, and nutritious meals online. Just start looking up Say, hey, we're going we're gonna to find good things and start experimenting trying with that. And then take your portion size down. So just decrease it by a third. So let's say if you just take a plate of food that you've been eating, just eat um, two-thirds of that instead of what, what you're normally eating. And you might feel a little bit hungry for the first few days. Um, but... But whatever I mean, it just then goes, your stomach your body shrinks,
1: shrinks, and, and like, it adjusts, then and then you no longer feel hungry. Exactly. eating less, you yep. actually feel full. I mean, that's the thing. One of the people, some people think, "Oh, you're so skinny because you eat so little," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm not hungry. Like right. I eat as much as I want, yeah. but I stop as soon as I'm full. Right. That's the key. Right. I stop when I feel full. I don't keep eating. And when you do that, your stomach shrinks to a normal size." and you feel satiated you feel like you're eating a lot you're eating plenty despite the fact that i look like i'm eating a lot less than most people i'm not starving myself i'm fully
0: right you're satiated and nourished fully full most of us have stomachs that are oversized we've stuffed food in there and so the stomach adjusts the body's amazing and so it has expanded it's bigger so now it takes more to fill it and so it might be like hey not quite full, I need a little bit more, and you just say, no, 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 stomach, you're just a little too big there, buddy, <laughs> and it'll it'll and actually adjust itself days, back down and go. Um, I love having my clients do this, and again, not, not everyone can do this, you've you got to be careful about it, but I love having my clients that are able to start with a two or three day fast, you just drink lots and lots and lots of water, um, and no food for a couple of days, and what it does is it cleans out your stomach, cleans out your bowels, cleans out. it's really good for you. And then your stomach tightens down. Now, when when it's over, don't binge. Don't binge to start it and you're like, I'm done. And eat a whole cow. like,
1: Or a whole box of donuts. Or
0: <laughs> getting worse. Just have healthy food and come back. And what you Just eat a little bit. And you'll find like, oh, man, I'm, I'm satiated with just a well, little bit. Well, when you say listening. a little
1: bit, you mean less, eat plenty, but yes, eat less you, than you used to. Less
0: eat. than you used to. You're right.
1: And but, notice when you actually feel full. Yeah. That's another problem, I think. And especially... Maybe it's a Western culture thing. I don't know. But, like, we like to just eat and eat and eat. It's not until, we, yeah. it's not until we're we full. Well, they do it in Italy, too. I know that. But, you know, we just keep eating, even if we are full. Yeah. And if you learn to just eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full, that right there is yeah. a magic formula. Yeah. Another yeah. thing I'm going to add is, first thing in the morning, as soon as we wake up, we go to the bathroom first, and then drink a glass of water. With Both of us juice. have done that for 20 years, practically, with or without lemon juice, sometimes with lemon juice. Yep. That right there is huge. And then the next thing I do... It
0: actually raises your metabolism.
1: Yes, that too. The other thing I do is I, have, I don't eat in the morning, partly because I'm not hungry. Well, okay, I actually sometimes will be hungry, but what satiates my hunger is I make a cup of herbal tea and... With butter. I put a tablespoon of butter in it, especially if I'm really hungry, I put more butter in If Grass-fed. I'm not so hungry, I put less butter in. And um, some honey, because honey is good and natural, and then I actually put milk in it too, or cream. That right there, that's usually my breakfast. Now, you might be like, how could I live on that? Well, your body can get used to anything, so I literally don't need any real food. In fact, I, I don't think I've even eaten today. Right now, it's 1 p.m. in Turkey. I have been up since 7 a.m. and I haven't eaten a thing except for my cup of tea with, didn't even have butter today because we're out of butter. Ah. I had cream and milk, honey and water. And that's all I've had today. Same. Now I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat some food. Yep, same.
0: And, and I had a hard workout and a run-in yeah. and still haven't had anything right. either.
1: Now usually we don't go this late to not eat. I'll usually eat around 11. But that's my first meal of the day. And then And I'm not starving. this is what I emphasize. I'm, it's not like I feel like I'm starving myself. Right. I'm not. If I'm hungry, I will eat. but I don't eat until I am hungry and I start the day with the tea, which holds yeah. me over until 11 or 12.
0: And then we cut it off uh, in the evening. Try to try to eat your dinner or your meal a few hours before bed and have it be a smaller one. There's no reason to fill your tank with fuel to go to bed. Because then it just turns Which into Which in a lot
1: of uh, many, many countries, lunch is the biggest meal of the day. Right. And that's actually a lot healthier. Yep. Spain, for one. All right. Italy. Well,
0: all of Latin America.
1: All of Latin America. Lunch is the tiny, biggest meal of the day. They
0: have a tiny dinner.
1: Right. So it's actually healthier. We, we kind of do that. We have much earlier dinners, and they're larger. And then, you know, we don't really have a big meal before we go to bed. Often it's just a snack or something. Yep. And you should not eat... At least three hours before you go to bed.
0: Yep. There you go. There's that those right simple there. Things right those there. simple
1: things. I mean, that's the basics yep. right there. And then, if you want to know what to eat and what not to eat, according to our research and study for the past two decades, then listen to our two podcast episodes on this topic that were just. literally a few weeks called? Ago. What to eat.
0: Yep. Okay. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. You're awesome. Love yourself. Love your body. Get the best, healthier life. Reach up. I'm <laughs> sorry.